0: What's up? What's up? Welcome, everyone. This is a new episode of the Miles High Pod. This is Miles Monroe Jr., your host. As you know, on the pod, our vision and goal is to always entertain, educate, and elevate you miles high above your fears, your doubts, and any limitations that you may think exist, always knowing that those limitations only exist in your mind. All right. Uh, excited for this part today. Um, we have a guest, a special guest, a good friend of mine. Uh, the team is here. Everyone looks good. Uh, my guest looks good. And without any further ado, I want to jump right in. So today's guest uh, is a good friend of mine. I've, I've known him for quite a number of years. We uh, have we, we share similarities in our stories, and I thought that it would have been. Um, a good talking point for us to come on and share um, our similarities and a lot of our differences as well uh, to the audience to you our audience so I want to welcome on today's episode mr. chef Simeon
1: <laughs> Hall Jr uh, thank Woo! you so much thank you so much chef welcome welcome thank you so much uh, it's, it's amazing to be here no thank you for joining man thank you for joining um,
0: so let's get started. I wanted to start with uh, an introduction, right? I want you to give a, a backstory of who you are, like where you're from. How did how did things begin for you? So let's start with your birthplace. Where where were you born?
1: Well, I'm I was born right here in New Providence. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad's mom is from Turks Island. Okay. She migrated here some years ago, and um, yeah, um, we've been. You know Bohemian born and bred, right and, and, good and I love it I love it <laughs> this, this this is a special place, no it is
0: it is hundred percent one hundred percent, and I think I appreciate it more uh the more i you know as I grow and as I mature, yeah, for sure, you know the the island it it, it means so much more to me, you know, the older I get, yeah, um, so tell us about your upbringing um you know your your family, you know you were born, uh I think you have three other siblings right there's four of you guys
1: it's i have two sisters Mm -hmm. and uh my nephew who who lives with us well lives lives with my parents and so we were kind of brought up pretty close okay and uh i mean i'm the middle and only son Mm -hmm. of a preacher Mm -hmm. who is pretty well known in the bahamas Mm -hmm. all of his days still now he's retired now but you know, he still gets in 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 somewhat of trouble. You know, some trouble <laughs> because he's a he's a agitator and he's a uh, disruptive thinker. Sure, sure. So that's the similarity that we share.
0: Your, yeah, your dad sure. was a pastor, similar to just like my dad was a pastor. So we're both uh, both kids. PK And for those yeah, of you that sure. don't know, I know a lot of people might not have heard the the term PK before. It stands yeah. for Preacher's Kid, Pastor's right. Kid. Yeah. You know, whatever is easier for you to say, but we're both PKs, right? Yes. Um, so. And broadly so. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I, I got some questions I want to ask you about that too, you know, because that's, you know, I, I think I have a different, I, you know, have a different outlook on that as, yep. as far yep, as being yep, yep, proud of being a yep. PK, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, okay, so you, you grew up uh, with your two sisters and, and cousin in the home. How, how was growing up uh, the son of a pastor?
1: Well, I never really had any issues with it, per se, Mm -hmm. because my dad was always somebody who encouraged us to be us. Um, Everybody knows my dad as bishop or pastor. I know my dad as Mm dad.
0: You
1: know what I mean? It's different in the house. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't realize that people, especially preachers, are human beings. They kind of deify them and put them in a space that they shouldn't be in mm-hmm. whereas when he whom i know my dad to be somebody who cooks the worst <laughs> grits amalgamation <laughs> knowing the man because that's his go-to dish but it it comes out great uh-huh. uh, i know him to be a comedian mm-hmm. i know him to be very very humorous uh, and i know him to be like big on education mm-hmm. So, you know, whereas a lot of people may have been pushed or think that they would have been pushed to go to church every day of the week, my dad was like, you need to get in your books every day of the week. So it was totally different. And my dad was always somebody who taught us to think for ourselves Mm -hmm. and to always pursue excellence. Mm -hmm. To sit down and have a five-minute conversation with my dad could fuel you for weeks. Mm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he's that smart. Yeah. And so that's what I know. So I was never one to to be uh, I I think for a lot of people, they almost bully you in this, oh you have to be like your daddy. Mm-hmm. And I always used to ask him, what your daddy is doing <laughs> Do you do what your daddy is doing? <laughs> so if you if your daddy is a police, why are you ain't a police. <laughs>
0: No, if your daddy
1: is a chef, why are you ain't chef? You know what? That's a good point. I yeah, never, I never, I, I, I never saw that. I used to ask them that. So you know, I was always that person that people just leave alone. Yeah. I still that <laughs> people don't want to get in too much conversation. No, I
0: I, 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 could appreciate that, right? Because I mean, obviously, like right, I think, and this is our similarities, especially growing up. Right? You had people. Um, first of all, they used to ask me the same question, like, how was it growing up in the house of, you know, yeah. someone like Dr. Miles Monroe, and I'm like, bro, to y'all he is <laughs> exactly. Pastor Miles, Dr. Monroe, whatever, but to me, he's daddy, you exactly. know what I mean, so, you know, he, unlike your dad, though, my, 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 my dad could have thrown down in the kitchen, like, he was yeah. a great chef in the kitchen, so we used to appreciate him, like, when he cooked, he used to do a lot, like, overdo it, like try to show off or whatever but it always came out good though so my dad my dad could have cooked my whole family could cook actually so you know it it was just like normal in our household and then as far as the expectations and like i guess people expecting me to follow in my dad's footsteps and being a pastor like that was one of the things that i guess swayed me more to like not like being the pastor the son of a pastor right just because of like these expectations or whatever but we'll but we'll get there at some point yeah Uh, but you spoke about how how big your dad was on education right yeah and i could relate to that as well so tell us about like your educational background like where did you go to high school in the bahamas and then college and and
1: all of that well i went to the best public private Mm schools in the bahamas with, 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 Prince William, <laughs> absolutely the best. Everybody knows it. That's deba- I mean, That's debatable, no, okay. it's the best private public school in the Bahamas. Private public. <laughs> and so after graduating there, then I went to UB, mm-hmm. or, or College of the Bahamas, where I was actually studying architecture. Okay. Because I always had this thing in design, mm-hmm. but really and truly my heart was in in uh food the whole journey Mm -hmm. so then i went off to to tennessee where i flipped from architecture because i realized you had to be a brainiac (laughs) to be an architect right because it's more about math Mm -hmm. and numbers than it is about drawing and i wasn't into that at all then i thought i wanted to be a guidance counselor right so i went and i did uh biology and 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 uh psychology to become a guidance counselor mm-hmm. the problem with that was in tennessee which has a huge bohemian diaspora i was cooking all the time mm. like i was cooking legally and illegally because <laughs> <laughs> i worked for a few restaurants and stuff like that and then truth be told i i mean they you know they can't do me nothing about this now but i mean you know I, I was Careful. literally, I was literally like, uh, uh, Let's going look. to school. Okay. And then coming home to cook. Okay. okay. Bringing products in from Nassau, and cooking them like full-on Bohemian extravaganza.
0: Five-course Bohemian meal.
1: One hundred and ten percent. Wow. Bringing pigeon pigeon bees in my bag and things not <laughs> So you know, it was, it was, it was something that I realized more and more that that would was what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I never got away from the design or the guidance counseling part of it. Mm-hmm. Because if you was a chef, you was a guidance counselor. Absolutely. Absolutely. 110%. And, and architecture, I, I'm in design yeah. because I, I design kitchens and stuff no, like I that. I see
0: the connection. So you're, you're, when you went off to school, like after you left uh, college of college at the time, you, you went off to Tennessee. When you went off to Tennessee, were you still initially uh, majoring in architect, in no,
1: architecture? No, I was doing biology and uh, psychology. And how long before you decided to go full on? I, to I think I was there less than two semesters. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, because mind you, I was doing amazing. Mm-hmm. I was doing absolutely well, 4.0 GPA, the whole nine yards, mm-hmm. but my heart wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. So I came back and I did the apprenticeship program at then bhtc and i nailed it like really really did really well uh graduated um dean's list student of the year apprentice of the year the whole nine yards so and then i also did a double major in hospitality management okay makes sense so i was always the person who was pushing 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 and i also became the first and unfortunately the only a student that did an exchange program mm. which was a pilot program and when i did that i went to south carolina and i graduated with a 4.2 average 4.2 yeah
0: not 4.0 4.2 so you was a, you was above yeah, yeah. i was smarter I, I than got I you met, right, and There's... then i
1: met girls then that was
0: it <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's that's all our stories yeah right? no nah, but that's so so great so you you graduated with a, with a with a 4.2 and I, I guess the next step was jumping into some type of professional job or yeah, something. So yeah. let's let's talk about that. Like where where did your job uh, your job market start, and then let's talk about the progress to where you are now.
1: Well, I started off really and truly uh, right after I graduated. I literally walked downtown and worked for free for six months at different restaurants. Okay, just literally. Hey, I just graduated school. Here's what I did, I want to learn. I'm not ready to run a, a, a kitchen, but I'm definitely ready to learn. Mm-hmm. And so I literally just went downtown and was walking around and got a couple jobs. Then I moved off to the family islands mm-hmm. where the opportunities are beyond great. Mm-hmm. And so I lived in Andros for a while as a young chef and I learned a lot from there because I was telling somebody just out of the other day when I first went to uh, Fresh Creek. I made boiled fish. And of course, you know, I thought my boiled fish was the best. Until <laughs> yeah. uh, the the lady who was there was like, Chef, what is that? <laughs> what this, this, trash this is long water. <laughs> like you come from town. <laughs> this is some Nassau boil fish. We don't eat boiled fish like that yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. And so it was very brothy, very loose, no flavor. And she corrected me. Mm. And I really appreciated that. And I stayed literally, I was the chef, but I was learning from her for about two years. Okay. Because she really, really, you know, I'm, I, I, I started off making, for example, I talk about it all the time, parboiled peas right? <laughs> yeah. and right, And you can't buy parboiled uh, rice in Fresh Creek, yeah. they don't sell it. Mm. So if you come there and you try to make parboiled rice, here, <laughs> <laughs> so I literally, you know, I was a young chef that literally got scolded for two years straight working in Andros. Mm-hmm. And i really really appreciate that fast forward to today i've literally uh before COVID, i was uh, working in hawaii and at which hotel at the four seasons four seasons hotel and four seasons one of my I, favorites yeah i managed the largest restaurant in the four seasons oahu right. and so it was something that was absolutely amazing and you know me i dive into culture so I was literally, you know, finding out more about Hawaiian cuisine, Pan-Asian cuisine, stuff like that. And so, you know, uh, there's a difference between Hawaiian pokey and mainland pokey. So now I come back and I'm like, that's not pokey. Does, <laughs> does mango go in pokey? No, absolutely not. It absolutely does, chef. It
0: absolutely does. This is an argument he and I have all the time. No. If, no. you, if you like poke bowls, which I do, Mingo no. is supposed to be a Absolutely part of he, he doesn't agree.
1: You would, you, you know it's just like Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> do oh. you know that I Another could one not get pineapple supposed to go on everything, guys. <laughs> I could not get <laughs> none of my Hawaiian cooks to make an Hawaiian pizza. Mm. We had to change the name to ham and pineapple pizza wow. because when you call it out and say Oh, wow. ordering in one Hawaiian pizza. They, they don't would not know what move. that is. Yeah. <laughs> they say, "Chef, what that is?" <laughs> don't come here to insult us because we don't know what that is. Right. So you know, somebody like me dove into it to find out that it was created in Canada mm-hmm. for somebody as a novelty dish, and it's mm-hmm. actually an insult mm-hmm. to the Hawaiian people. Mm-hmm. So we changed the name. Okay. All right. So me, I, I you know, it's just like kung Salad. Yeah. You know, you could get kung Salad with all this fruit cocktail in it these days <laughs> chef don't hate. I, don't hate you know the dish I, has evolved this is another I argument that we have coming around chef. Like,
0: i thought you would like no
1: this. no i appreciate it you but still you still like the i'm old school still traditional. very very traditional oh my goodness but i understand because Kong salad is different in bimini mm-hmm. it's different in grand bahama grand bahama mm-hmm. abaco new providence mm-hmm and several other places. Mm-hmm. So for, the, for our listening guests, our listening
0: audience, uh, and those watching us as well, on, on any platform you're, you're tuning in. So conch salad is a native dish to the Bahamas, right? And there's a traditional way of making conch salad, and there's new gen way of making conch salad. So the, the traditional way is with your onions, tomatoes, green peppers, uh, lime, salt, and the conch, right? This new way of making it is all of those ingredients you just mentioned, but they're adding fruits to it. So like tropical fruits, like mango, pineapple, apple, strawberries. So just think about that. (laughs) Strawberries and gong. No, come on, it it may sound weird, sound off, but (laughs) bro, that that
1: That little twist they made to the gong salad, that does it for me. But let's just make sure that we let people understand the evolution is that is a New Providence style Absolutely. of doing it. When you go to the other islands, chess is, uh, people from here don't know what pickle conch is, yeah.
0: which is Grand Bahamian. Gra- Grand Bahama. And then Grand Bahama mayo. is odd mayo and nekong salad. No, too.
1: Abaco. Well, avocado. Well, you can get it in Grand yeah. Bahama, right, right, but it, right. it's primarily in Abaco, which is amazing absolutely amazing it tastes good it, it, it tastes like coleslaw i mean uh crab salad yeah it does yeah it's amazing so again so for the last 15 years even through all the places that i've worked mm-hmm. i've literally been studying the dna of Bahamian cuisine mm-hmm. and Bahamian food culture so that's where all of my emphasis is these days so you
0: you worked in uh in hawaii for you said four years no no uh
1: two and a half years two and a half years before the pandemic
0: and then the pandemic happened and you had to pivot and you moved back home right and this this talk about your your transition into moving home and your profession here because you started off i think private doing private chef yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so
1: when i came back home i primarily did Uh, well i was waiting to move transfer back to the four seasons here um i stayed at the four seasons here for a short time and then i really went into my uh private chef and event uh work catering Mm -hmm. so our event work is again all about storytelling the private chef work is about getting people to have a authentic bohemian experience regardless if it's a high end or an an affordable event. Mm -hmm. So basically we've been doing that for the last several years in conjunction with some consultation and then we launched our first restaurant in about less than two months let's clap it up for chef (laughs) launching this restaurant long time coming
0: i remember those first conversations we had it's always been a dream of his yeah and ironically the name of your restaurant is pk's pk's preachers kid kid. that's amazing man that's amazing so the restaurant is opening in our new uh nassau port our cruise port right uh in nassau bahamas downtown nassau so if you're ever in nassau uh, for those foreigners that don't live here and for those for those locally uh, you know once the restaurant opens I think it opens in another six weeks
1: yeah we we should be up and running by the end of uh, July okay July so end of this yeah. month and at this point it, it'll be
0: open and um,
1: it, yes and yes, at yes. this
0: month, it, yep. it, it'll be open so shout outs to the chef I'll definitely be uh, uh, taking advantage of getting spoiled <laughs> with the food I love I love chef's food a lot of his events that he does he he does it when i'm not in town which he uh, and
1: i i i don't know who fault that <laughs> now
0: nah, but uh if you ever get an opportunity to to taste his his cooking i i highly recommend it um so this that's that's his that's where he is that's where he is at now with his profession about to open an, uh, a new restaurant i'm happy for him man i've 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 really appreciated your your growth and your transition back home and like everything that you've done since moving home. Uh, So, yes, you know, let's go back to, you know, you, you, so your dad was a PK, sorry, your dad was a pastor. You're a PK and you didn't choose to work in the same profession as your father. Right. So first
1: of all, why culinary,
0: what, 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 what drew drew you to the uh,
1: profession of culinary? Well, that's easy mainly because my grandmother who who stayed with us mostly Mm -hmm. when i was younger she was one of the first black restaurateurs of the region okay so she owned a very famous uh restaurant called nola's Bay crab in the now widely developing area of carmelco Mm -hmm. and so i worked with her a lot i saw her cooking a lot and then my my mother's mom she was a chef all of her life as well. Mm. And so there was food all around us.
0: Okay, so it's in your blood.
1: Yeah, so when I went to my grandmother, my mom's mom, it was either bread baking or really, really delicious food, all Bahamian cuisine done very, very well, very authentic. And that's where I learned a a lot of stuff that I I now do now. Mm -hmm. But my my dad's mom, she was really, really successful. Mm With her restaurant and her main dish, which was stuffed crabs, um, literally she sent crabs to Buckingham Palace. Oh wow! Because when they came down for a trip, she 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 uh, catered a part of the the royal visit. Mm-hmm. They loved it so much, and then they had it. And then my grandmother also catered movies, movie sets, mm-hmm. and so now that's what I'm doing as well. So. I, I'm no stranger to any of that. Now, no. sorry, if, if you ask me uh, uh, why did that have such an impact? Because, again, it was something that I felt comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And being around my dad, he was always somebody who said, you know, do what you're you, good at.
0: Do what you love to do. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. So it sounds like
0: you, you kind of you, you knew that this was the path you wanted to head down. From a a real early age, right? Yeah,
1: I think I was a little bit reluctant between the years of graduating. Mm
0: -hmm. High school.
1: High school, and then going off to college. Mm -hmm. There was some uncertainty there, but again, like I said, I was thrust into it. What what, what was the uncertainty? I I didn't know if being a chef at the time, back in the early 90s, being a chef wasn't as popular as it is now. Mm -hmm. There weren't as many avenues given to us. Mm that nobody was talking about movie production, nobody was talking about developing products. I'm I'm working on five different products right now to come out in my uh, online store and in uh, grocery stores and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever told us about that. Right. And so I didn't know that that would be something that I wanted to do full time. Mm-hmm. For most people being a chef was quote unquote a hobby or a hotel job. Mm-hmm. And I was never, one to think that that's all
0: there was to it. Sure. So you you, you chose the profession of of culinary, uh, being a chef, head chef in particular. So how how did your dad feel about it? Um, him being a, a pastor, you being a son, you know, I'm sure he you know deep somewhere inside he yeah. you know wanted you to follow in his footsteps and maybe take over the church in in some aspect.
1: Well, uh, maybe. Okay. But you know i know if, i think my dad No, i wasn't the one for them three o'clock wake up calls <laughs> all of counseling yeah. all them other, uh, you know he's still waking on me still and, and i thought something no i get it so i don't know if i was ever that person who would be all of that mm-hmm. i definitely supported and and did what i could and there were some great memories of church days mm-hmm. there was one time that i was very young and i remember helping my dad with his sermon Mm -hmm. and I thought that was amazing like I in my head I was the producer (laughs) you know so my dad had me help him orchestrate this whole thing that he was doing for Easter Sunday Mm -hmm. and so I I I have that memory etched in my brain sure so the the this topic today is finding your path
0: right and I think it it it, uh resonates with your story and, and mine mine as well because of our our parents history right and the profession our parents when your dad was a pastor uh i guess the expectation if not of your dad i guess of those around your family and yourself were for you to follow in your dad's footsteps right and you chose a different path uh you chose to find your own path, find something find something that you you love to do right and a lot of times there are persons who find themselves in that exact uh, situation. Like you, you mentioned earlier, like people would say, like, why don't you be a pastor like your dad? And you would say, well, what does your dad do, right? right. Why, don't, why don't you do the right. same or go in the same profession that your dad does, right? But for those persons who have that, um, I, w- I don't want to say pressure, right, but maybe a little bit of that expectation on them to follow in the in the path of, of maybe their parents or you know some person in their family that has gained uh, a certain level of success, and there's this expectation of them to follow in that same path. What what would be your advice, right? Because you you, you did it right. You uh, your dad was a pastor, but you first of all started to started off wanting to be an architect, right? right. And I think you still wove that into the things right. that you do now right. because you have to create these these uh, these meals and curate all of these uh, artistry with your with your with your with your craft, right? right? What advice would you give someone who finds themselves in the same or similar situation and they are also hesitant because the profession that they love or want to do or are, are good at isn't popular at the moment or maybe the pressures or expectations around them is, is getting too much.
1: Well it's simple uh, first of all um, the world calls it intuition I call it the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. The Holy Spirit can tell you what you're supposed to be doing. Mm. 110 percent. who you are what you're supposed to be doing what is your ministry will be built into your dna mm-hmm. you will feel it you will know it you will not be able to run away from it mm-hmm. if you look at my story i wasn't able to run away from it i think one of the things that my family understood was why is this young man cooking at four mm-hmm. why is he uh behind his grandmother so much why is he the one out of all the kids? Why is he the one gravitating towards the restaurant business? Why is he the one so food oriented? Why if, you know, we talking about uh, whatever else, I, I on the planning committee for the food. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It wasn't just because I was greedy. Right. It was because that was what my path was. And I, so I, I think most of us need to pay attention to what our calling is. Mm -hmm. Because our calling is rooted in our purpose. Absolutely. And once we do that, then we become better at life. Mm -hmm. Because I personally believe nobody should be in a job they don't wanna be in. Mm -hmm. Because it takes out so much of your time. Mm -hmm. And so if you're doing something that you don't love, how are you living? You know what I mean? I, I really couldn't understand that. And so I would tell anybody, I don't care if you're 90 years old, if you could have one day of doing what you really love to do, you should do it. No, that's. I think that's a good place to start. That's a good question to
0: ask yourself, right? If you, if there is one thing that you could have done or that you could do for the rest of your life, what would it be, right? And that's if you could answer that question, I exactly. think it'll put you on, on the right path of discovering like your purpose and 100%. the things that you are good at and what you, you were put there for. Mm-hmm. No, hundred percent. So you know, and and for me, you know, I feel like the, the hesitation that you had. Um, in really, not choosing the path of culinary. Like I experienced that. Like I, I mentioned in my early, in one of my earlier parts, that uh, I hated being Miles Monroe Jr. Jun- Miles Monroe Jr. I hated being the son of Miles Monroe. And as I grew and matured, I started to realize that um, it wasn't it wasn't a hate that I really had for it. Right? It was the fear of being Miles mm. Monroe Jr. I. I, I let the pressure of all of these expectations right. and me knowing who my dad was get to me, right? And I was just fearful of, of of having to fill those shoes. right? And I remember my dad and I had a conversation and he would tell me like things, similar to like what your dad told you, like he didn't expect me to follow in his step. He wanted me to do what I loved and what, what I felt that I was called to do in life, right? And that centered around business. So I was 100% in Uh, when it came to the business side of things, right? And there may be persons out there who, like I say, you may have uh, doubts of uh, what you want to do, a fear of having to follow in someone else's footsteps that that are doing something that you don't really want to do, right? So what can you do to get over that fear? What can you do to excel beyond those expectations that are being placed on you? How can you find your path, right? And quite simple there are four things that i want to recommend you know chef gave his recommendation saying you know to follow your, your heart right follow what the what the holy spirit has given you right that intuition that that voice in your head that is telling you that this is what you're supposed to do right and to give you uh, uh some some more advice and some action items towards that end um i think there are four things that i want to recommend right first it, it deals with um self self uh self-love and, and confidence, right? I, I think there needs, you, you need to start to love who you are and be confident in who you are, right? Be aware of the gifts that you possess and be aware of the testing that is involved in developing your gift, right? Always try to test positive. Test positive in your character development. Test positive in your faith testing, right? Because. everything that we go through in life when when it comes to building ourselves and developing ourselves we will be tested so i encourage you to continue to uh test positive and to to discover your and to to discover and refine your gifts right secondly is self-awareness always know who you are be aware of your strengths be aware of your weaknesses be aware of what you're good at and what you're about at, right? So be self-aware, and and don't allow anyone to uh, push push their strengths or their weaknesses or their expectations on you, uh, because I think once we know who we are, there's no one else that that can tell us who we aren't, right? Uh, Thirdly, self-time, you know, the development of yourself and your profession, it takes time, so I, I always encourage people to stay prayed up, you know, continue to meditate, Uh, Continue to take time for yourself, whatever that looks like. You you can travel the world to gain a better understanding of the type of person that you are. And once you meet people, be able to form networks and friendships and all of these things. And and develop hobbies, right? Pursue new hobbies, develop new things that you can do. Because all of these things allow us to, to build our character, to build ourselves, to develop ourselves as human beings. And then finally, I encourage you to fail up. Always fail up, right? Failure is an event it is not a characteristic I mentioned that in one of my previous pods. so when we fail we should always look for the lesson in it always try to learn something from it or always try to better ourselves from the 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 failures that we experience in life because we are going to fail right there are things that yep. I'm sure chef that you've been through yeah yep, that, yep, that yep. you've done that you have hoped that you would do well at, but you completely, sure. completely, you know. Screwed up? Screwed up, yes. <laughs> and I'm sure even though you screwed up, there was, there was a good lesson in, yep. in, in yep. that failure. I like
1: that term actually, fail up. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think most of us, unfortunately, don't see the value in that. Right. And, and, and it's such a remarkable tool. You know what I mean? But one of the things that I would ask you And again, this is why I was never in this space, Mm. because how, how do people expect or where do people expect the happiness to stop? Mm. If my dad is doing what he loves and I'm doing something that I don't love to follow in his footsteps, that means I'm not as happy as him. Absolutely. So you're asking me to stop the happiness, Mm. whereas it is his goal to have the happiness continue. Mm. So he doesn't want me to stop what I want to do just to be like him. Right. Because then that means that we're cutting off the lineage of happiness. Mm-hmm. And that's not something any father, I think, would want for their son. No, that's a good word. That's so you've got to be aware of that. For people who are struggling with what to do and creating and carving their own path, especially when your parents were trailblazers, mm-hmm why does the trailblazing have to stop what stops it it's sort of selfish to even believe that you wouldn't want to carry on that part of the legacy right. and that's why i'm like my dad mm. because even though we're in two genres of work of career we're in the same in terms of excellence nobody ever expected me to milk so much out of being a chef Mm. I could have just been a hotel chef and call it that no for sure but I was never in that space Mm. I was always in the space of be excellent be the best my dad always told me for example one of his quotes and I'll give you a quote from my dad and your dad that I think is amazing okay one was don't be so happy about uh, because I I came home one day and I was like uh, I won't be like Michael Jordan get paid like him mm-hmm. and my dad was like why don't you be like the person who pays michael jordan because if you could get if i could pay you a, a million dollars that means you got i make making Yeah, <laughs> and then i never forget the quote that i love from your dad the most is and obviously i'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. but an army of sheep led by a lion will always conquer an army of of lions lions led by a sheep sheep. Mm -hmm. and so i i i literally when i heard him say that at a at an event right there at the hilton it it changed my perception right because it it makes you realize how you could literally be the best at whatever it is Mm -hmm. because even if you're not going to stay there you already started to be good at whatever you do so, you see a garbage poison being amazing. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't want to stay a garbage poison, but they already have the DNA of excellence. So, now when they move to something else. That moves with them. Exactly. Absolutely. And so, that's what I always had. 110%. All right, cool, Chef. I
0: mean, you know, those definitely, I think the quote by my dad um, obviously has always resonated with me, right? And even the quote that you said that, or the thing that your dad used to tell you all the time, you know, I, I think that's something I... Uh, lean more towards like as I as I grew and matured, right? Not wanting to be Michael Jordan, I won't be the dude who signing Michael Jordan just. right? right. <laughs> you know what right. I, mean? but, um, I I think all of that, and, and you know, all of the, this conversation is is really to just to speak about finding your path, right? You're not feeling like there's a, this expectation or this uh, this pressure of. Following in, in a path of like your parents or a loved one that is is held in high esteem in, in high esteem in your family, right? Just finding what you love, developing the skills in that in, in that love of whatever that uh, profession is and and living your purpose within that profession. I, I think that'll be that'll be uh, that'll be something that you will definitely love and continue to be happy at because you know chef what you said, about you know losing your happiness to you know make someone else's happy right. continue right. like makes no sense right absolutely no yeah, sense
1: and the most most of the time the people that try to pressure you they show sure what they yeah, think they, like they, right. they confuse just yeah, like so, else. I mean you know whatever <laughs> no
0: nah, I, I agree man so uh, well this has been a great conversation chef i appreciate you uh coming on um i think uh and i the 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 reason why i I like this conversation is because you know i can share this from my perspective but i wanted to show someone else who also you know have similar or the same experiences right that i have in in particular you know having a a dad that's a pastor and really not choosing that lane because i feel like you know the bible says to go into all the world right and and preach the gospel and The world doesn't mean, to preach the gospel doesn't mean you have to be a pastor, right? You can do that in your own area of giving, right? So I I, I think, you know, the culinary culinary arts is your ministry, right? And that's where you're able to uh, share your life experiences and share with people that you come into contact with. And for me, you know, the business world is the exact same, right? That's a world that I'm able to uh, develop myself in and share my life experience and share my faith in as well. So I think even though you know we aren't the uh, traditional pastors in a sense right I, I think in our own area of gifting we're we're, we're living through um, that means or that mentality of of still being a pastor or pastoring.
1: 110 mm. food is fellowship absolutely that's number one number two um jesus was one of the biggest foodies on the planet mm. He was always eating. He cooked one of the biggest meals ever, right? In history. Exactly. So, you know, food was definitely a part of his ministry as well. Yeah. And when you think about it, there's parts in the Bible that says how you could preach to a hungry person because mm-hmm. a hungry person ain't listening. Mm-hmm. So there is a connection. Even when you think you're disconnected, there are connections. Absolutely. And so, you know, I, I pride myself in saying all the time, my dad feeds the soul i prepare you by feeding the stomach <laughs> like because ain't nobody can listen to nobody when they're hungry they better growling, right? growling so <laughs> again so we ain't power off <laughs> yeah, we're linked yeah, yeah. we're all linked you're linked yeah in the way that you you're doing your podcast and everything else that you're doing now mm-hmm. is ministry mm-hmm. in in a way that is of this now uh this time. generation yeah. yeah exactly so uh When people ask, are you going to do it exactly the same? The answer is no. Absolutely not. Are you inspired by 110%? So there is that connection. And again, if anybody is struggling with finding their own path, the best way to do it is do it. Right. Just you know what I mean? you, You have to just be bold enough to understand that your parents want you to have that same life journey Mm -hmm. with their sort of uh, uh, guidance and inspiration, but they still want you to have, be able to say to your kids, this is how I did it, Mm. you know what I mean? Mm. And so I don't think anybody should feel pressured into being a certain thing just because, because when you do that, you're not happiest. And so for me I'm I couldn't be happier doing what I'm doing.
0: Now, and then you know the, by all means if, if you if you if you feel like you want to follow the path of your parents 100%. Do that. That's it? You know I'm not this, yeah, yeah, this, yeah. we're not saying not to do that, right? Yeah. We're saying don't be pressured or don't feel pressured into doing that. Yeah.
1: If it makes you happy, do it. And that is a part of your purpose. Go ahead. One hundred percent. One hundred and ten percent.
0: Well, chef man, thank you so much. Uh, that, why don't you share your your social handles? I know people may want to get in contact with you if you if you want to uh, see um, or or be fed by chef at some point. You want to reach <laughs> out. You, let's let's give them some social some social okay. media. Handles.
1: Well, um, my website is SimeonHallJr.com uh see i probably use my junior <laughs> simeon hall dot com. i have all my social links on that or you can follow me mainly on instagram which is simeon hall jr as well okay and we'll
0: put those uh those websites and instagrams and all of that somewhere on the screen It'll probably be like right in the middle <laughs> there for those of you watching and for those listening it's simeon hall jr that's s-i-m-e-o-n Yep. H-A-L-L-J-R dot com. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you can check them out uh, whenever you have time. All right. So that brings us to this segment of the show, milestones. And this milestone for today, um, I think is, it, it's in line with what we've been talking about. Right. And it's simply don't live your life up to someone, else, someone else's expectation of what your life should be. Right. Do not live your life up to someone else's expectations of what your life should be. You know, my advice is to do what you love. Find something you love and that you're good at, that you're skilled at. Not just something that you're passionate about, but something that you're passionate about and skilled at as well, and do that. I think once you connect those dots, your life is going to be something amazing, man. And, and as long as you follow and continue on that positive path and continue to develop yourself, and don't worry about people's expectations or their, them pressuring you to do things that they want you to do. Do what you want to do. Do what you love. All right? All right, that brings us to the end of this episode. Chef, thank you once again for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you so much. I appreciate it so much. As you know, the goal and vision for this show, for this pod, is to entertain, educate, and elevate you miles high above your fears, your doubts, and any limitation that you may think exists, knowing that those limitations only exist in your mind. Until next time, you guys be blessed.